You're listening to the Bear Down Chicago Podcast with Logan Bradley, Ryan Dangle, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, and Jack Wright. The Bear Down Chicago Podcast. Yeah, we're that Bears podcast. All right, folks, welcome into another edition of the Bear Down Chicago podcast. I am your host, Ryan Dangle. Now, Patrick Sheldon, Brendan Chagru, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and of course, Cam Ellis, our newest co-host. They all took the night off. I don't care. I've got some awesome guests that I am so very excited to talk about. Uh, We're going to talk a lot of things bears. We're going to talk about what it's like to host a podcast in another language that covers the Chicago Bears. I am absolutely stoked about that. Before I do that, though, I do have some people that I've got to thank. You need a haircut. I need a haircut. If you're watching this video, you can tell I need a haircut. I'm actually growing this out for charity. It's going to get really gnarly. It's going to get really bad, folks. It's okay, but when I do get my haircut, it's going to be at Sheridan's Barbershop. They're located in historic downtown Wheaton, Illinois. They've been serving the community for 69 years. They've got six barbers. They're open six days a week, Monday through Saturday, and they've got appointments available to book online or by phone at your convenience convenience sheridan's barbershop.com or give a call at 630-668-0137 maybe you're in the neighborville location you want to stop by hensel's barbershop owned by the same guys they are fantastic they've been open since 1966 they're open tuesday through saturday they've got walk-ins available or appointments you can book there at hensel's barber.com for both locations it is where traditional meets modern Now, if you're thinking about buying or selling a house, there's really one person you got to be talking to. But the best part is, what if you're thinking about getting into some commercial real estate? You're going to talk to the same guy. That is Jeff Cadwallader. Now, if you talk to Jeff Cadwallader with SVN Landmark Realty today, you need to make sure that you let him know the guys in the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. 630-254-4734 or visit genevajeff.com. If you talk to him, let him know. The guys in the Bear Down Chicago podcast say hello. I would appreciate it. Jeff would appreciate it. And all the other guys would appreciate it. So please, please, please say hello. Now, I'm so excited about this. I had one of the great friends of the podcast. Her name is Heidi. Heidi Zimmerman. Love Heidi. And she reached out to me at one point and said, you got to talk to the guys uh, that do the Fanaticosos podcast, basically Bears and Espanol. And I said, yes, absolutely. I want to talk to these guys. I want to find out more about what it's like to be a Bears fan, what it's like to reach out to those Spanish-speaking Bears fans. We've had a chance to talk to a few Bears fans from outside the United States, but it's my first time talking to these guys, and I'm super stoked about it. So first, I'm going to bring on David Schweke. David, yep. how are you? How's everything going? Welcome to the show. Thanks for having us. Loving it. Thank you. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'm also going to bring on Jorge Gajiola. Uh, Jorge, welcome to the show. Thank you very much, Ryan. Hey, I appreciate your invitation. Hola, David. Como te va? <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. So, boys, you've been doing this 
Fanaticos podcast since 2017. That's that for a, for a Bears podcast. That's a quite a long time. That's that's a great longevity. How did it get started? And I really am very curious. You know, where are a lot of your listeners coming from? Are they coming from the states? Are they coming from Mexico? Are they coming from Spain? Like, <clears throat> what does that kind of look like? Oh, so okay, so it started started uh, 2017. It was one of these um, see a void and fill it, right? Um, there was nothing um, in the podcast space at all talking about the bears in Spanish. And there was definitely – so I, I want to go a little bit further back. Um, I think like to understand like why podcasting in Spanish is so popular and why it would work is because you know Mexico has a history of like American football for over 100 years. Right. So it's not like a new game and, it, and the, the interest is not new. So the fans are sophisticated. The fans are smart about the game. They understand the game. Most of them, some of them have played it at, at, at high school and college level. We have one of the guys we work with um, is a, was a GM of a professional team in Mexico. So it, there was definitely one of these things where there was a void for to do it in English. There, there's definitely like most, most people can, I, I get you, I bet communicate in English, but it was about finding a place where we could get the, the voices of all these people that had a, a you know, ton of knowledge um, to be able to communicate and do it in their own language. And that's what we kind of did. And the community kind of grew horizontally, you know, like uh, we, the, the, People did more and more podcasts, and we kind of always promoted across the platform. It was always about like the big thing for us was always um, uh, heavy t uh, high tides raises all ships, right? So um, promote as many podcasts. If somebody wants to start a whole new different podcast, let's 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 get behind them. And and that was that was the crux, or that was the beginning of the podcast thing in Spanish, and and we haven't really looked back. I mean, now we have some in Spanish, some more about numbers, some much more passionate, and some that is just a bunch. Uh, like, there's one that's all girls. So there's there's a lot of really cool ones that have come out of it. Um. Okay. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So Jorge, can you maybe tell me like where the majority of your listeners are listening now? Like, is it is it Mexico? Is are, are you are you getting some that are in South America? Is is it Spain? Like. Where are the majority of those listeners? Jorge, just real quick, you are muted. Don't worry about it. I do that on a regular basis. I, I think I think that the most of our viewers are from Mexico City, from from a whole Mexico, whole country. But uh, I think we have in South America. I have uh, known that uh, we have in Central America in uh, in Guatemala we have four or five people in Guatemala we have one or two in Cuba uh, and and recently uh, we have had a lot of people from from Spain so so I would say that Mexico and Spain are are where the most uh, listeners or viewers uh, we have I I know we were talking about this before we hit record boys but I just it it blows my mind that a team. So I grew up 
a, a fan of the Bears, but but they're a stone's throw away from where I grew up. Um, it was kind of passed down from my my parents, right? My my grandparents, like Bears, like you're going to be a Bears fan. And you know, I've met people from Australia, I've met people from England, from Scotland, from Ireland, right? Just that are diehard Bears fans. So I've got to know how did you guys become Bears fans? Okay. Maybe let's yeah, let's start with okay. you, please. I will start because I, I think I'm I'm older than, than you, David. <laughs> Did you just say that that your parents have some influence in in the the in the team you you chose? But in my in my case, it wasn't like that. My father used to to be a Steelers fan, and and I and the first game I remember that I saw is in, in maybe 77, 78, I, I don't know. Uh, but it was the Super Bowl against uh, Dallas. Mm. Of course, I would I, I would like to say that I, I I liked Dallas better because of the star. I don't know why, but but uh, that's the, the the team that I like better. But then I I found out about the Oakland no the Oakland Raiders in those time in the time. I I happened to see Jim Plunkett. That was my favorite team. Uh, Tom Flores, who was the the manager, uh, and all the defense that, that I really appreciate much, that uh, Lyle Alzado, uh, Ted Hendricks, uh, Lester Hayes, Mike Haynes, and and all other people. But it in in 1983, in, in Mexican television, uh, we, we used to have one or two games a week, and and suddenly they they televised. A, a Bears game, 1983, and 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 I watched a, a, a very special player that you may know <laughs> uh, wearing number 34. Yes, that Let's that go. that that used to. I don't know. I don't. I don't know uh, anything about yards or or anything. I just watch him run and and pass through defenders and gain yards and and. Uh, and the graciousness he had to to run, and that was it. I, I I can say that I like Chicago Bears because of Walter Payton. I just really quick, David, before you go, I I get chills, man, just thinking about it. Just like how watching him. I mean, because we all knew, right? You grow up, you watch the highlights, you you see the games and all that stuff. But when you're watching it from afar. And you just you just you feel it. You fall in love with the way in which he played the game. Man, it just that was cool. Jorge, I loved it. David, talk to me. How about yourself? How'd you become a Bears well, fan? So, I mean, I grew up, my my blossoming with football was the 85 Bears. So I think that if you look at many fans in Mexico, they're, they tend to be my age. <laughs> exactly. Um, and then I guess you look forward to the Erlacher days and maybe those Super Bowl fans do something. But we're immensely loyal. Um, you know, I've been there through, you know, all the terrible years. I and, mean, you know, let's be honest. Even Walter Payton played in one or two good teams. The rest of his career, he played in just horrible teams. <laughs> yes. Poor guy. Um, so, um, now that we're talking drafts and all that stuff, I've become quite the expert. I've followed it my entire life. And, and I think that we've, particularly on our platforms, have definitely given it a lot of 
uh, attention throughout our our whole existence. Like the draft has become our Super Bowl kind of because there's not a ton of playoff time. There hasn't been a ton. We've had one playoff appearance and or two playoffs appearances in, in in the time we've been around. It's not been easy to be a Bears fan, which is, you know, one of the things I want to know how you guys feel about this. Um, there are a good number of Bears fans not cheering for the Lions to win, but maybe happy for Lions fans because they saw such bad, bad, bad football for such a long time. Where are you guys on that debate? Well, personally, I I, I don't... Uh think much about the the Detroit Lions. I'm, I'm glad they 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 are in the in the in, in NFC championship game. Uh, what I would be pessimist about is having the, the Packers. I, I I obviously grew with <laughs> with uh, all 1980s dominance from Chicago Bears to the Packers. So so for me uh, getting Green Bay revert that and now they own us. It's it's really really painful to me, really. But the Detroit Lions, I don't feel much from them. And Minnesota Vikings either, uh, not not either because my brother is the likes the 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 Vikings. My daughter uh, likes the, the 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 Vikings not because of anything. My my daughter has ten years old, but but he likes them because of the purple color. That's the only answer she has, but but I I I, I pass a lot of, of time uh, trying to convince her that that bears are are the, the number ones and but but the team doesn't help me in much these days. <laughs> it it's it hurts because it's true, absolutely. Yeah, David, what about you? Uh, um, I, I I don't want to. Try. I mean, let's be honest. I'm a hater. I, I back in the at the end of the day, great for Dan Campbell, great for everybody. They made it this far, but let's let's cut it off. I cannot deal with Detroit winning the Super Bowl. I want us to win a Super Bowl. I don't want anybody else to win it before us. Um, I don't it, think there's anything wrong yeah, with yeah. Being no, no, absolutely. Let's, absolutely. Let's, I'm not like I'm not like Jorge's 100 wrong. Uh, sorry, 100 right. It's not the Packers. I don't like. Uh, it's not going to be a visceral hate, but I don't want anybody running. It's not this. like it's, it's, nobody in our division. Like I don't take any like North NFC North pride. Let's put it that way. I, I could care less. Yeah, <laughs> people that are talking about that, I can't understand. I will never cheer for the Green Bay Packers as long as I live. It's just it's not going to happen. Um, and you know, I'm definitely. I, I wouldn't say I'm a San Francisco 49ers fan, but. You know, after all the times that they've kicked Green Bay out of the playoffs, I definitely am more favorable to the 49ers. And so, no, I, I think I'll be cheering for them. I'm happy We're that the Lions do. That it's yeah, a great team. The way that team is constructed. I mean, it's, just... it's incredible. It's absolutely incredible. But, Ryan, but I, but I will, I will re, remind of in 1984 season, we lost to, to, to 49ers. In the NC, NFC Championship, and from day on, then that day on, I really don't like the 49ers. Sorry, no. I I get it. So okay, so do yeah. you want then? Are you cheering for the 49ers? Or are you cheering for the Lions then? Uh, it's painful, but I would I would say Lions, but I don't think they they make it to the Super Bowl. Okay, 
All right. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be an interesting one. All right. Just because <laughs> let's just talk AFC just for really quick. Mm-hmm. Do you think it's Baltimore or is it Casey? Who's, who's, who's going to be the representative for the AFC in the, in the Super Bowl? Mom. Okay. Yeah. Jorge, what about you? I, I, I hate to say this, but this is going to be the Super Bowl of, of Taylor Swift. no more i'm all done with that all right so boys before i want to talk uh i want to make sure that we get to talking about shane waldron because i i have some thoughts on it and i'm sure you guys have some thoughts on it but i just have a few more like bears day game day kind of stuff that i want to ask first of all have either of you made it to soldier field for for a game yet i have i I think it might (laughs) When I was there, it was the, at that point. It was the coldest bear game in the history of the Bears. At that point, I think there's been one since, and it was a six-three game or, or seven-three game. <laughs> it, was, it was it was a miserable season too. I think we won. It was the year. Um, it was the year we. I'm sorry. It was like twenty-seven-three or something. I don't know. Um, but it was the year we won um, three games right before, um, and we played San Francisco, and we kept. Um, Kaepernick to six yards. I remember my fingers got so swollen inside my my gloves. I had to take them. It's just miserable. There there are several times a year where Chicago is the coldest place on the planet Earth because mm-hmm. Antarctica is in their summertime, and so Chicago is the coldest place. Yeah. It's it's crazy. Or hey, what about you? Have you have you made it up to Soldier Field yet? No, unfortunately, I have been. I I I. I uh, hadn't been able to be there, but uh, I hope that changes soon. Uh, the problem for me, just just like David said, is that my my wife uh, doesn't like any kind of, of 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 cold weather. Any, not even the the colds we have here. That uh, for you, I would say it, it is, it's 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 spring uh, time. time. Yeah. <laughs> Like 17 grade degrees here. I, I, I use them with David and like six, like high 60s. Like 60s, yeah. okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's she, uh, she doesn't like that, and so it's a problem for me. And and I couldn't go alone. It, it was yeah. it was negative 30 Celsius. Yeah, chilled last week. People don't understand what that kind of cold is like. It's it's just, it's miserable. Every, like you go outside, everything hurts. It's, it's awful. All right, boys. Then another one. I think this is really important. It's game day. It's Sunday. The bears are playing. What traditions do you have? What, what, uh, what food do you have to have in front of you? Are you superstitious at all? For me, if it's a big game, I have to wear my Walter Payton Jersey. And I like to make sure that there's no one Anybody close to me, unless I'm holding now my, my four-month-old daughter, she bounces like with me while I'm watching the game. But otherwise, everybody else just kind of like leave me alone. What about you guys? What what does the game day tradition look like for you? Well, the, in my case, I, I used to to work some some Sundays. So it is not for me, it's, it's a little bit difficult to follow the games uh, each and every week. This this past year I, I had because uh, I have some kind of, of rest in, in, in my workplace. Uh, so uh, I, I can say that this year my, my biggest uh, way to, to see the, the games is with my family. Uh, I even wrote an article in, in Spanish Bowl about this. 
and now how difficult, like I said, is is to handle a daughter <laughs> to to like our our, our team, but mainly because of her, it, it's not too easy for me to to follow the game completely. But because I like uh, playing with her and and, and stuff, but uh, I, I I try to to be at at most games that I can and see the most that I that I can. Okay. David, what about you? Well, I mean, uh, I empathize with <laughs> like I, I have trouble. I mean, I have two kids. I end up rewatching uh, games several times over. It's uh, um, it is it is what it is. I, I think we all most most of us or fortunately, yes, have that great problem. Um, you know, I don't have much. I, my my favorite part is every time I start a tradition. Like the team loses again, so I'm trying to like find a new one that works for us. It's been a rough couple of years, yes. so there hasn't been one that stuck. But we're still like, if anybody's got one that'll work for them, I'm all ears. But like I said, like I'm ready to be superstitious, but there's just nothing that's been working, so I'm not going to try anything. It just had to go down, but you know. So, so I'm still open. I'm hoping this next year we're so close to so many wins. But shoulda, woulda, coulda. It's we're still terrible. I mean, the the rest of the boys on this podcast are really mad at me because it was the Detroit game that we were winning and we ended up losing. Uh, I texted, "Hey, good win for us," and they're like, "What's wrong <laughs> no. with you?" I'm like, "Nothing I did is going to influence that game in any way, shape, or form." Oh, it's like right. the, it's like when the guys on the TV go, um, "Oh, he hasn't missed a kick and." 30 something odd kicks, and you know the next one is going to blow up. Like, you have to take some ownership. <laughs> I mean, you have to, like, I mean, I'm with your guys here. Like, they, you can't be calling the games like three quarters of the way through, especially Fair. the way we've been playing. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Boys, I don't want to spend a lot of time on this because I even tweeted about it. I am done with this argument, I'm done with this conversation, but I really <laughs> want to hear your thoughts. Caleb Williams, Justin Fields, or another quarterback, who do you want the Bears to have next year and who do you think the Bears will have? Jorge, I want to start with you on this one. Okay, it would be an endless uh, argue uh, about this one, but let me tell you something. First of all, I like Justin Fields very much. I really like him, and, and I was very excited when, when uh, in 2011 draft day we we got uh, we got him in in, in the eighth, eighth you know eleventh pick. Mm-hmm. But uh, through the years, through, through uh, these three years, uh, I have I have been able to to watch uh, not much from 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 him. He's a, a very good athlete. He's very talented. Uh, make, probably like no other in, in the ground right now. He was electrifying. He yeah. he can pick that ball and and score a, a touchdown in any in any run he has. But I don't see him taking us to the Super Bowl. Uh, may, I may be wrong, but I don't think I have seen enough of him to 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 think that way. Of course, Kalev is, uh, I haven't seen him uh, much, but when I see the, the highlight reel, I, I see a different kind of, of, of quarterback. Maybe it's because it's college, but I think it's time to move on 
from a, a, a person that I think it's not going to, to take us there. Two, uh, to get one that probably, that maybe will will do, I don't know, I'm not sure, but but I think we, we must uh, have this, this particular quarterback uh, that may be the one. Okay. So, I mean, look, um, I've watched every single USC game <laughs> this year. I'm, I live now in California, Southern California, so I've watched every single USC game. Um, last year, this year, um, he, is, he is the real deal. There are other questions about him that I need answered that I will not have answered, that I don't have access to. Like, um, how much influence does his dad and his family have over his life? That's a real question. Absolutely. Um, after the UCLA game, he didn't talk to the press. That you know, even worse than a lot than the three pick game against Notre Dame. That's that's a big one. You know, you can't do that in Chicago. You can't do that anywhere. But you can't do that in Chicago specifically. So there's there's some questions out there. Um, I also think that in, in there's just you can o- you can always find something on somebody. There, once we start picking at these prospects. We are just picking it to the bone. If you go back and watch Caleb Tate, he had a terrible inside offensive line. He had, you know, terrible, like this this year, he had terrible receivers, and he still had really good numbers. Um, it's not every time you get to pick a guy like him. It's He's not like, you don't get a quarterback like that every year coming out of the draft. Hmm. So if... If you can answer the, the, the tough questions uh, on character, which are real questions, they're not like, and I think you that, you know, these guys are going to get, um, you know, people hired on them. And I'd, I'd be asking people that work, you know, as, you know, equipment managers, I'd be asking everybody from the floor on up about Caleb right around now. Um, but I can tell you that, you know, from my experience, from people that I know that are related to the program, there hasn't like the, the, External noise about Caleb's personality is not shared so much inside that program. Mm. There are a lot more understanding of Caleb inside that program. Let's put it that way. Um, and and he and he is not like there. There hasn't been rumblings about him, at least publicly. So I do all this to say, if he's a clean prospect, that he looks like you can't pass up on that. You can't pass up on Joe Burrow, right? You can't pass up on on these once in a really rare guys. Um, because if we're drafting only eight, then there's, there's no, then there's no thought about it. We're probably sticking with, with, with fields, but this is not, this is not that now, now there's always the, the opportunity. Somebody's going to offer you four draft picks and, and Mason Crosby, and then you're going to have to think about it. But the truth of the, the matter is I see us tra- um, trading that number nine pick more than I see us trading that. I, I think that might be the more interesting pick is what are they going to do at nine, right? Mm-hmm. Like what, what, what's going to happen there? Like just forgetting that they have two picks inside the top 10. It's, it's, you just, you just don't see this happen very often. Right. And so, so that part makes it really exciting. I, I, we could talk about that for a long time, but boys, if it's okay, cause I am, I am spent on that conversation. I want to talk about Shane Waldron. Coming in from the Seattle Seahawks, you know, with the firing of Pete Carroll, he becomes available. 
He has play calling experience. He has worked with a lot of different types of quarterbacks. Uh, in our last episode, Brendan Shagru talked about how he has worked with Russell Wilson. Uh, he has worked with Geno Smith. Um, and uh, he's, he's worked with Jared Goff, right? Like the, the guy has, he has a lot of experience working with quarterbacks. Um, I, I, I like that component to it. The thing that has me worried is that uh, the Bears were ahead of the Seattle Seahawks this past season in terms of scoring and efficiency? Um, that that man, I this is this is this was a hire that I was not super thrilled about. So I'm ex- I'm I'm interested to hear where you guys are at in this. But in my case, I would say it's it's a very good signing, considering that the the, the other candidates. Considering, uh, I don't know, um, Cliff Kingsbury, Greg Roman, and all other guys that were interviewed, I think uh, Waldron is the is the best option. I, I believe if, if he is going to to be better than Getty, I would say yes. So so I, I'm fine with it. The, the problem is to see who is who is he going to work with, uh, Fields, Caleb, or May, or not. I don't know who. But I, I would I would like to say to think that he is going to be better than we than what we had. So I'm fine with it. I hope uh, he he understands the situation that is going on here in in the, in the team, and and I think he he was going to inherit a very good uh, team. I, I would say uh, with several focused uh, problems like oh, interior offensive line and uh, receivers and the thing in, in the in the quarterback, quarterback position so i think he's going to be successful as as long as as he has a uh, good material to work with well i mean i think they, that they saw that they love the system right there they want the mcvay branch um, more so, like, you know, there's the Shanahan, but they, they like the McVay branch. The McVay has proven to be much more flexible, and he's definitely incor- incorporated a lot more, you know, just everything into his game. Like, so there's been power runs instead of outside zones sometimes. There's been a lot of that stuff where I think that's why Waldron was so popular. I think it's really tough, right? There's not, nobody's letting go of an OC that's a wonderkind who's also called plays. It's not going to happen. Those guys go for 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 you know for, for for head coaching jobs. And even if they don't call plays, they go for, for head coaching jobs. Um, I mean, look at Miami. Look, so so we have to be realistic about what is available and what we're going to attract of the market that was available. I do believe Waldron was was a good pick. Um, I I I. I he, Waldron was great in first and second down, terrible in third down. A lot of that can be said about the line, but you can say that, you know, about most teams in the NFL at certain points. Their line starts to fake. So you're not helping your players out. I don't know. It's tougher to mass problems on third and long, right? Um, Especially on your offensive line. Um, The short of it is, I think they really like the system, but they wanted somebody who can adapt. And if you look at his history, he's, He's been with a bunch of quarterbacks. Um, was he my first choice? No. Um, I do want to see who who, who comes in as um, QB coach. I think that's a really important hire. Um, and I think 
if he just brings everybody from Seattle, I think it's a terrible move. I think um, Sanjay, wide receiver coach, I think he's coming. That's great. I hope their running backs coach is not coming because their running game wasn't great. Um, and we'll see. We'll see. I definitely think that we need to get a good sta- a good staff. And not like, you know, not like Nagy when you try to say, okay, now we're going to get a guy that runs an air raid offense. And now we're going to get a guy who runs an outside read. And we're going to make a mix and match of whatever offense, you know, like we can put together. That doesn't work. So just get a good staff together. Um, I mean, I know I'm rambling, but one of the things that you look at and success rates is look at what Detroit did. They went out at it and they got a lot of ex-NFL players guys that have been around for a long time and they went in and and you can tell that experience is on that staff especially on those position coaches very much so absolutely um speaking specifically about the wide receivers coach uh i know that it was dj metcalf uh that was saying essentially that that the wide receivers coach uh whose name is escaping me right now i think you even just said it but sanjay yeah um yeah yeah that he breaks down routes better than any coach that, that he had ever worked with ever. And then, yeah, that, that, that kind of excites me. Have you um, seen his history? Right. Like where, how long he's been in coaching? No. The guy's 50 something, 55 years old, but he is, he started off when I say like, m- there's a couple of guys on that, that, that really started off like, well, you know, Waldron started off as an intern and, and, and uh, as a PR intern. Uh, uh, Sanjay started off, you know, teaching like high school, like he was born in England. Like they've been, they've been around the game for a long time. You know? That's something that sometimes is lost with a lot of these young coordinators. There's a lot of game, you know, that's why I think sometimes like having experienced position coaches is real important and why they didn't mm-hmm. want to get rid of SEMO. Yeah, well, it'd be interesting to see if they bring in Greg Olson, who was interviewed for the offensive coordinator position, but has been a quarterbacks coach for seemingly half half the league. Um, but having that experience, when they said that he was Rex Grossman's uh, quarterbacks coach, unleash uh, the dragon. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, that was uh, that was that was something. So yeah, we'll, we'll 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 see. Um, I, I just read uh, that that precisely about what David said. That uh, th- he is interviewing some of the 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 coaching staff from Pete Carroll that are no longer working there. So it, it would be a, a very good move, just like you you just said, David. I, I think it's it could be good. No, I want to see. I want to see who. Like I think that. Here's here's the interesting part of Walter, and I think one of the reasons he was brought in is because he's adaptable. Mm-hmm. And so, um, <clears throat> if he's adaptable, if that's true, he'll bring in people outside of his just Seattle experience, right? He'll, he's been around the game for a bit, so he can reach out to quite a bit. So it'll be interesting to see how he fills out his 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 staff. Um, they haven't been in a hurry, which is which is smart. Um, I think that. You know, they're, they're going to be very limited. Do you like, there's so many questions, and I don't want to touch it, but do you even give um, Justin Fields a playbook at this point? Like, what do you do? Like, I, I, so how do you form, you're forming an offense, right, around a player? Who is that? So there's a lot of questions that are still around here that need to be answered very soon, but that, we won't know till April. 
And that, and yeah, right. Which brings back the question that I don't want to talk about is who's going to be the quarterback. You know, it's, it's a great question. Who's he going to be working with? You know, I, we, we were talking last week, how much input does he have on what the bears do? Absolutely none whatsoever, or maybe just a tiny bit. I I don't know. I don't don't know what the answer is to that. I mean, I, I think if they're smart, the decision's not made. If you, I've heard a lot of um, Gabriel, who was the um, pace uh, Pace's right hand man um, in in Chicago, yeah. and he was saying that the biggest mistake they made when they were analyzing Trubisky is that they made up their minds to it. Mm-hmm. They didn't even meet with with Watson. They just like they they fell for a shamboozle of this whole like dinner where he you know gave the name of uh, I think it was. Uh, <laughs> Jim McMahon. <laughs> it was just, they didn't do their home. They fell in love way too early in the process. Um, there's a lot of questions to be answered. Like I've watched all the tape and there's still questions about this guy. Like, you know, this is a, this is a huge decision. Like you can get a lot for that pick, but at the end of the day, and I know we're circling this pick, but I think it's important to, to have this conversation. It's about blue, blue chip players. It's about, yes. We're not talking. We can have a bunch of, and I and I hate to use him, but he's I love the guy as a player. But let's say Roshan Johnson, he's a great overall player, but he's not a blue chip player. You can have a ton of them, and you can be okay, but you're not going to win it. You need guys like Sweat that make a difference and make everybody else below him just like you're coming with me, and I'm pulling you with me. He makes that whole defense change. Blue chip players. And so we have the opportunity to get two blue chip players. Do we really want to trade back and get a bunch of a bunch of more players? But are they going to be these difference makers? Um, and I think that that's what where we've erred in the past. We haven't had like we can go back and like there you can't count that many players that are real dip difference makers, and that's what's killed us. One of our co-hosts talks about that often is when was the last time the bears had a blue chip player on offense? Would you say DJ Moore is that guy? And before that, when, when, when's the, when's the last time you had a guy that would change the flow of the game? It's Walter Payton. Good? Walter Payton. Yeah. No, another one. I, I can tell you like blue chip is such a t- tough thing because blue chip implies almost all pro. In my yeah. okay, yeah. so so even sweat is on that. Like, imagine what we're talking about. Sweat sweat is more than that because he elevates the rest of the defense. So not only does he put yeah. up the numbers, not only is that he he you can tell the difference pre and post him because he's he's this magnet, right? He's a force multiplier. Um, and so that's what really makes a a, a blue chip player a blue chip player, right? It's it's he's a force multiplier, and so it's harder. To, it's it's you know blue chip players are are more important on the inside on a defense, right? You you need to have a if you have a, a great DT, it's the mo- it's the hardest position to get. A pass rushing DT, a good, you know, three 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 tack uh, three tech, that's you know, you don't find those. They don't come out through. Then after that you get these these guys like sweat. There's not a ton of guys that are six seven, two seventy <laughs> that, that that really play tough all the game. You got then you get for every sweat, you got a guy like Chase Young who's got the same measurables but he doesn't have the heart 
It's been fun to watch Montez Sweat play, and I'm very excited to see what they do in addition on the other side of the uh, defensive line. They got to bring in somebody else. I don't, yeah. you know, and I don't know that that guy's got to necessarily be like a, a top ten pick, but mm-hmm. but someone that can get after after the 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 quarterback. Boys, this kind of thing is we're going to start to maybe wrap things up just a little bit. The there is no defensive coordinator yet. Uh, names that have been thrown out a couple. I know Chris Harris, former Chicago Bear, um, and then you also have Eric Washington, the yeah. Washington defensive line coach. Um, do you guys have anybody that you're excited about? Do you do you think it really even matters because Matt Eberflus is kind of going to be running that defense? What are your kind of thoughts on that? Well, I, I do think that Everflux is going to 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 be to run the show. Uh, from the three uh, men that I heard that, that I have heard, uh, Terrell Williams, Eric Washington, and Chris Harris, uh, I think Eric Eric Washington is who has a little bit uh, more upside, uh, just because uh, what he has done in in the Bills defense. Uh, I, I just saw that he had 54 sacks last year. So he was the, the DL coach. And, but the other two really don't, don't know them much. Chris Harris, as you said, played here, but only like four, four years, I would say. I remember that he went to the Super Bowl in, in the 41st Super Bowl and then went to, to Carolina, I believe. But I, that's that's not much what I read from from all those guys. Just because we were so immersed in the in the offensive offensive coordinator thing, so but let's see what what turns to be in the in the next couple of of, of weeks. I hope. Okay, David, what about you? I mean, I love all the picks. Nostalgia wise, I love Harris. Like, let's be honest. I think this this defense had twenty. 22 interceptions, very few fumble recoveries. And Chris Harris was amazing at fumbles. We need to get punching at the ball. We need to start recovering. That is not an accident. That's from repetitive nature. Um, And I think that's a huge, like if we can, so we had 22 interceptions last year. I think we had, off the top of my head, I believe we only had like 10 or 11, um, even less than that. We had very few fumble recoveries. Um, And, and, that's something that can definitely change. And that, that's something that I think Harris can help with. The other two are great, um, especially, you know, you can never go wrong with a great defensive line coach. It is what it is. Um, it's like having a good offensive line coach. Those guys, you don't, you don't get rid of them. Absolutely. Gentlemen, I cannot thank you enough for your time. Um, just run me through for any of our listeners that might also be Spanish speaking. How for can people they want to learn to speak Spanish? Hey, good is listening to Jorge doing his thing <laughs> on, on, on the uh, how can our listeners and our watch our, our viewers, um, how can they get after you guys? How can they get you on Twitter? How can they, uh, become fans of the things that you're, that you're doing? Well, first of all, uh, thank you very much for inviting us, uh, Ryan. Uh, it's, it's very, very exciting to, to first be part of your audience and then be part of your, of your show. It's amazing. Uh, my, my my ex or, or Twitter, it's uh, Gaxman1992-1992. And Fanaticosos, you can find them in, in fanaticosos.com. 
uh, we, we, we couldn't, we, we haven't been able to, to, um, to produce some shows lately, but uh, we are working hard to, to, to do some things before it uh, dropped and I hope you, you, you enjoy it. Absolutely. So uh, you can find me at, um, at Bears Mexi or just uh, Bears in Espanol. Just look it up there. A um, bunch of podcasts that are that are doing it now are um, the Bear Girls and um, La Ocera. So um, they're still they're still taping all the time. You guys want to learn Spanish? Practice Spanish. There you go. Going to Spain or South America for a trip? Why not listen to some girls speak speak about football? Could be could be a lot worse. Absolutely. Absolutely. Last thing for you boys, any shout outs, anybody that might be listening to the podcast that you might like to give a shout out to um, any of the guys that, that you're podcasting with anyone at all that you might like to give a shout out to. Well, I would like to, to give a, sh a shout out to, to my partner. Uh, first of all, Tonio uh, Contreras, in Contreras, who is co-founder of the project along with, with David and well, all the all the boys, the the, the boys, uh, Matos, uh, Paul, uh, Juan, uh, Jose Antonio, uh, there, Heidi, Heidi, you you know it better than than we, and and all and all the people, Juancho Name, my my partner, also, thank you very much. Absolutely. And the same, I mean, the same guys, basically like all the crew from Spain, which is Lausera, which is um, then the South American crew, Maxi and all them. So basically okay. anybody who's ever listened to us um, and there's, there's a great community that's done. And like I said, if you guys want to uh, brush up on your Spanish, um, we're always talking bear stuff. So come on by. Absolutely love it. Before we get out of here, folks, I've just got two quick shout outs. I'm going to give it, I, she got one at the beginning. She did another one. Heidi Zimmerman, um, just helping me because I do not speak Spanish. Uh, she was really helpful in, in introducing me to you guys, as well as just telling me a little bit of the, the some of the stuff that, that I can't, you know, necessarily grasp because um, I'm, 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 I'm not a good Spanish speaker. And so Heidi, I appreciate you so very much. The, the other one goes to Jonathan A. Hand. Uh, he, uh, he saw that Robbie Gold uh, tweeted something on a podcast, and he tried really hard to advocate for Robbie coming on the show. And so that was really cool. Jonathan, just so you know, we really appreciate you. For all of us here at the Bear Down Chicago podcast, so that's Brendan Chagru, that's Patrick Sheldon, Jack Wright, Logan Bradley, and Cam Ellis. I am Ryan Dangle. Folks, we cannot thank you enough for hanging out. We know you can get your Bears content anywhere, and you have chosen to hang out with us, and it means absolutely more than any of us could possibly say. Folks, please hit like, hit subscribe, share with a friend, and as always, bear down, Chicago.